Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and today is National Children's Mental Health Awareness Day. As you know, I've already been talking about May as Mental Health Awareness Month, and this is something that I just am so passionate about and think we need to be talking about as much as possible. So I am going to talk about an incident that happened at the end of last week at Ohio State University. And I'm talking about this because the world needs to know, not because it's it's Ohio State Buckeyes and I'm a diehard Michigan Wolverine fan. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with the fact that this is affecting young adults all over the world in high, high numbers. And if we don't do something to educate and make a difference before they start experimenting, then we're going to have more problems and deaths and overdoses on our hands. So I can't remember if it was last Thursday or Friday. I think it was late Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, But there were three. So there was a death and two students that were hospitalized in addition to that. So three total, one death, two hospitalizations with fake Adderall pills. For anyone who doesn't know, Adderall is a stimulant. It's used for ADD and ADHD, which is attention deficit disorder and attention deficit hyperactivity, hyperactive disorder. And the reason this is really, really relevant is because It is so widespread through colleges and and don't get me started on grad schools and people dealing with law school and med school and all nighters and the things you do in college to get by. So I want to repeat that there was a death and there are two students that were hospitalized. One is still in the hospital. One was released. And I think the fact of the matter is kids experiment for so, so many reasons, but there are also kids who truly need help, especially when it comes to being in high school or college or dealing with finals and the pressures of exams and managing things on your own without the structure of high school and your parents and your teachers monitoring. So There are people who really, truly need help studying, developing those skills on their own, and some turn to medication. And if we don't have open dialogue, if they don't have someone they feel safe turning to, to say, I'm overwhelmed, I need help, I need to stay up later to study, I can't focus, whatever the case may be, if we don't give them those outlets, and people to have those conversations with, then they're going to buy it on the streets or from their friends or somewhere else. And that's where the danger lies. If you truly need a medication, you can get it from a doctor. But my clients have talked to me for years, the becoming 18 and being an adult 
is an exciting thing when you turn 18, but you're still a kid and you're still on your parents' insurance. And even if you're at college and on your own and you want to go see a doctor, which is confidential, by the way, if you get medication that will show up on your parents' insurance. And these are things that kids worry about if we don't give them the safe outlet. So what I want to get across more than anything is we need to be talking. We need to be having conversations. And when I was old enough to have friends that were starting to experiment and to start being exposed, I can remember being on a family vacation in Mexico. So it was Christmas time. And I don't remember. I think I was in college. I might've been a freshman in college, possibly a senior in high school, but I remember walking the beach with my dad and having real conversations about drugs and side effects and consequences. And he told me things him and his friends did in med school. And they didn't they didn't do stuff as young back then. Kids, I sound old saying it, but kids do stuff younger now than when I was a kid. So he was telling me stories and he was telling me horror stories and things he'd seen and things he'd witnessed as a doctor and as someone who had experimented and truthfully, pardon my French, everyone scared the shit out of me. And I was already pretty much <laughs> a, a, a baby and a chicken to begin with proudly. And I say that to anyone listening that gets nervous in situations or is uncomfortable. That is a warning sign that is our, our body protecting us and, and, and our body's way of letting us know that we're not comfortable with something. And there is nothing wrong with that. I will be the first to admit that if there was a physical fight, I was running to get help. And if there was partying going on, I wasn't there. And if I was there, I was out the door and I didn't care who was calling the cops. I wanted the cops called. This stuff scared me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I didn't end up doing it. I didn't end up, I not only not doing it, but I wasn't comfortable around it. So let's fast forward to being an adult, going with a dear, dear friend who is who was my maid of honor. And we went to Chicago for our lifelong friends. I believe it was her 30th birthday. And at the time I was dating someone who was from Chicago. He lived in Michigan, but was from, so a group of us went to Chicago and we're hanging out with people from Chicago. And I remember my friend hustling me out the door, like the place was on fire. And I couldn't even understand what was happening because we had just gotten there. But me being completely innocent and not exposed because I didn't put myself in situations where people were partying. She knew people were partying. There was cocaine somewhere. She saw it, picked up on it and got me out of there because she knew I would freak. Bottom line, I would freak. Now, let's not talk about professionally. I would freak as a person just because I don't respond well to that. But professionally, I can't be around that, right? So she was looking out for me, but I wouldn't have noticed. I didn't know what to look for. So we need to be aware of our surroundings. We need to educate others to be aware of their surroundings. 
And to anyone who's afraid of certain things, you can use that as a strength, not a weakness. The fact that I never tried so many other things that millions of people experiment with because I was afraid and I knew the risks. I easily could have given into peer pressure. And I've told stories about throwing a pill over my shoulder and pretending to do it because it was easier than debating with everyone why I didn't want to. There are so many situations young adults are put in. And if we don't give them healthy outlets, these are the things that are happening in 2022. And I don't want to know what's next. I don't want to know what the next, what's worse than fentanyl. I don't want to find out. So we have to make young adults feel safe coming to us. If it's not you, who can they go to? They need to understand that if they need help studying, focusing, and this goes for adults too. There are natural legal ways to go about getting something to help you through a circumstance rather than taking a friend's medication or doing something illegal. I just went through this with a client, an adult client whose adult son gave her medication because she was running low and it's a pain in the butt to get a hold of her doctor. And there's a lot of valid reasons, but a different medication isn't safe. We don't know how it interacts with other things that we're taking just because it might be for the same thing doesn't mean it's the same. So immediately, thankfully, I was informed and we can go. There's so many things to do, but I was on the phone with the pharmacist in a heartbeat, in a blink to see the interact, the drug interactions. And that's another great thing about having communication with your doctors and with your pharmacists. They'll know if you go to the same pharmacy, they'll know what you take. And if you add something new and it doesn't mix well, pharmacists are some of the most educated people I know. And they can answer questions. And young adults, if you aren't comfortable calling your parents, If you aren't comfortable calling your therapist or counselor or you don't have one, you can call a pharmacist any time. You can go in. They're not going to call the police because you're asking questions. They're there to help you and to keep you safe. And these are the things that we need kids and young adults to know. We have to help them understand the dangers of using something just because it's a medicine that people take for a a medical condition doesn't mean they can take it if it's not prescribed for them. There are so many side effects and things can happen that we don't know about. And we can give people alternatives. We can get them the help they need. And there's more than one option, right? You, first of all, shouldn't we be teaching time management? I'm remembering stories about my dad's close friend who my dad and I have the gift of school kind of coming naturally and being able to come up with tricks to study and techniques to memorize things. So staying up all night or, you know, cramming or having to do take something to stay up to study. It never happened for us, but there are so many people 
that don't have those skills, or maybe they have them, but we're never taught them and staying up all night and taking something to get through it is talked about all the time on college campuses. So why can't we give time management lessons? Why can't they, that be a class people take? So they learn how to study correctly and how to take breaks. This is important. If you want to know another stupid Sam story, freshman year, I had, no, it wasn't freshman year because I was living, maybe it was soft. At some point at Michigan, I had the bright idea of taking a class pass fail. For those of you that don't know, taking class pass fail means all you have to do is get a C or a C minus to pass. And that's what shows up on your transcripts, pass or fail. So there's less pressure for how you perform. You just have to pass. Well, for me, that is a foreign concept. I don't study to pass. I study to do well, right? So that was the first mistake, just doing it. It was not meant for me. But I also, with a group of all of my friends, we took a class at 8 a.m. because we weren't going to go at 8 a.m. And we took it past fail, figuring that we could just get by studying to get a C or a C minus, whatever that was. Well, the rest of the world can do that come midterms or whatever the first assignment was, I was a basket case. I had no idea what was going on. I had all these notes from other people on how to pass the test and what it was going to be and the bare minimum that I needed to know. And I freaked out. And I swear, I swear I did this. I can't make this stuff up. My dad's listening. He remembers. He got the call an hour later when I was sick. I went and I bought the instant lemonade stuff (laughs) that you mix with water, but it's like pure sugar. Well, I thought that would keep me up. That was my bright idea. I didn't mix it with water and have a million glasses of lemonade. No, I just ate the powder. And of course, if you know me, you're already laughing by now, but I have the most sensitive stomach. I get sick from over-the-counter medication. So sure enough, I was extremely sick on the phone with my dad, freaking out, panicking. And I couldn't stay up all night to study because I made myself sick. Now, of course, I was able to pass and get more than a C or a C minus, whatever I needed. And I learned never to do something so ludicrous again. But millions of people get through college that way. They're balancing jobs and classes and friends and so many things that cramming an extra few hours in is the norm. And people need to know that there are natural medications to help you focus. There are natural remedies. There are people who swear by acupuncture to improve your focus. There are things that we can give you if you're against medication like some or until you find a doctor, but you can go to the student center and you can get it legally and not run the risk. Uh, Listen, there's enough side effects with legal medication. Talk to anyone who's taken a prescription and had to play the game of side effects and trying something different. It's not fun. That's with legally prescribed medication for you. 
you take someone else's or you buy it off the street, who knows what other risks that entails. So I just want to again reiterate that you have to, we have to find ways to have these conversations. And if you don't know how, bring someone in. I'm going in next week, this week, to speak with the schools, starting with kindergarten. Kinder, they're breaking it up, kindergarten to third grade, third to fifth, fifth to eighth. And I am thrilled that we are addressing things at all ages and not just saying this only affects high school students. The earlier we have the conversations, the earlier we educate, information is power. And I want everyone to have as much power and information as possible when making key decisions. And to anyone listening, if you are like me and you have that fear of medicine or anything like that, that can be a strength. Parents, if you're listening and this sounds like your kids, turn it into a strength. It doesn't have to be a weakness. I was afraid to do drugs because I didn't know the side effects and consequences. And that is a good thing. There is nothing wrong with that. So that yucky feeling that I would get, that uncomfortable feeling, I know that that is my body telling me to leave a situation, that I'm somewhere where there's something going on I don't want to be around. And I'll tell you, that's happened to be concerts where I'm loving the music, but people are drinking and getting out of hand. It can, it can be a very powerful tool and the world places this stigma around being a scaredy cat. And I am a proud scaredy cat. That's what I'm trying to emphasize and let you know that if you see that in yourself, or in your child or young adult, that can be turned into a strength. And the conversation can be about listening to your body and what our body tells us. And and the fact that the reason we feel pain is so that we know something's wrong. It's a warning sign. And so being scared is a different kind of pain. It's still a warning sign. So I think that even though this is more about substance abuse, it still, that still affects mental health. People turn to drugs or alcohol for so, so very many reasons. And I don't want to give you the numbers and the statistics and bore you, but I will tell you that young adults, 18 to 25, the percentage that admit to misusing prescription stimulants such as Adderall is triple that than it is for the younger, which would be like 12 to 18 and older, 26 to uh, 26 and older. Okay. So 18 to 25 is a critical, critical population that we need to do a better job giving alternatives, giving outlets. If you are against medication, but your child is struggling, I'm not telling you I want you to go against what you believe in. I'm telling you I don't want your child to buy it on the street. I'm telling you I want your child to be able to come to you and say, I'm struggling in school. I can't concentrate. 
I don't have enough hours to study, whatever the case may be, so that together you can brainstorm a solution and nobody's sneaking around doing something that in this case caused death and hospitalization. And we don't know the long-term effects. So again, as a part of today is National Children's Mental Health Awareness Day during May, which is part of Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm just talking about awareness and education and conversations about a topic that is so, so important because somebody can tell you it's a vitamin and and you might be willing to try it. And I'm the opposite. I'm afraid to try anything, right? And I don't find anything wrong with that. I think it's a good thing. When we're talking about something we're going to put into our body, how can we educate our young adults more? How can we let them know where to turn? There are services, young adults listening, your schools all have student services where you can talk to a counselor, a doctor, and it's confidential. And I believe, again, this comes down to finding the right match and finding the right person. But I believe that it is our job, meaning the professionals, to help you have that conversation with your parents. I don't think it's up to you on your own to know what to say or how to say it. We are here to take some of that pressure and that burden off of you and to bridge that gap and and help. So if you meet with somebody that doesn't offer that and you don't feel like you really connect with them, keep looking. Because the people I work with and the people I refer to and the way I always work is I'm going to do as much for you as I can to get the problem solved and to get the conversation started. I'm not going to put that pressure on you, right? A lot of people leave an appointment and have, there's a difference between homework and busy work. Homework that that counselors are asking you to do to reflect and grow, that's one thing. But if they're giving you lists of people to call and resources to research, that's what we can be doing for you. And it's my opinion that that's just a part of our job. But my entire career, I've been told I go above and beyond. And many, many people don't do that. So I just want to be clear to anyone listening, whether it's for you, your parents, your kids, your friends, we're out there. And if you're working with somebody who makes you feel like you have more to do and more on your plate, there are others that work differently. But this is about getting the ball rolling and knowing that you can you, you can still get help. If you are 18 years old, you can talk to somebody without your parents knowing, and we can figure out together how to involve them and where to go and how to go from there if you are overwhelmed and don't know how to do it yourself. Colleges, if you're living on campus, your RA is always a good, valuable person to help you find the resources. They're not going to have the answers. They don't have the all of the skills yet, they're still in school, but they have resources and they are connected to supports on campus and they can help get the ball rolling. Parents, RAs are a great contact. 
getting involved with your young adults college is something I always recommend because young adults, I apologize. I still think your kids and I still think we need to have a plan in place and hopefully we never need it. But if we do, then you already have a contact and you're not digging and looking and, you know, twiddling your thumbs, trying to figure out what to do. If we have a plan in place, then there's someone you can get in touch with immediately. If not, it's still not too late. You are a parent, you have rights. And depending on the school and the university, most of the times it's the counseling office that I would direct you to. And I think it is important to be involved as much as possible with your kids' consents. This is not behind their back. This is, I hope you'll never need it, but your counselor has my name and number in case you ever do. That's the safest way to create a plan to provide as many solutions and as much support during this critical time. Again, I'm going to emphasize that 18 to 25, the numbers are triple for the people who are admitting to misusing prescriptions. So again, that's the people admitting it. How many unreported numbers are there? So I just want to, again, oh, I did forget to mention something. I apologize. Ohio State, in response to this, is letting people know that fentanyl test strips are available and you can pick them up confidentially at the student health services office. Maybe we should be doing more of that everywhere. I think we all should have the ability to test for things and not be embarrassed to want to protect ourselves. They also have, I don't know how to pronounce, naloxone kits, which I'm thinking is like an EpiPen for a fentanyl overdose. overdose. Uh, and these are other options. Should our schools be putting money into these educational services and letting kids know where to look? Because I think calling 911 is great, but sometimes there's not enough time. By the time they get there, it's too late. So if we can give additional resources, there are people out there who are against condoms on campus and we've come an extremely long way and we have safe sex talks everywhere. So is this what's next? Is this what we should be moving to? Thank you, Ohio State, for raising awareness and for providing these resources. The only time I'm an anti-Buckeye is on the football field. It's an amazing university, an amazing campus, and they are doing a great job addressing this and handling it and trying to make a difference not just on their campus, but everywhere, as am I. So how do you feel about that, parents? Do you want fentanyl strips accessible? Where? What are your thoughts? What, what alternative ideas do you have? Sam at SamanthaRuth.com. Thank you all so much for being a part of the community and Mental Health Awareness Month. If you're looking for something to support, we, I always recommend NAMI. 
National Alliance for Mental Illness. It's NAMI.org. They have something nationally in every city. You know, you can type NAMI Portland, NAMI Los Angeles, NAMI Detroit, and you'll find local resources. We are also looking for sponsors for the next Faces of Mental Illness book. And the reason we do that is so that we don't have to charge the authors for publishing. You can volunteer at a local agency. You can reach out for ideas. But if you are looking for a cause and want to be involved as a sponsor for Faces of Mental Illness, we will include your business and your logo in all of our press and promotion. And um, you can support a wonderful cause that will not just be for the month of May, but will be published and available for people to see always. Thank you all so much. And until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the ruthless movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.